Welcome to Journey into an Unknown World. I'm Dr. Margaret Rogers Van Coops, and I'm so happy that you've joined me to deal with this subject that so many people are finding it hard to understand, Alzheimer's. Well, of course, Alzheimer's is very difficult for us watching someone's mind deteriorating. But actually, we never stop to think about our own brain, what's happening to it. We might notice that suddenly we can't remember names, or we jumble up numbers, or where did I put the keys last? We tend to think of these things as just little whoops moments, under stress, under worry, dealing with things that seem to always be pushing us on, we ignore these little warnings. We stop. We don't think about it until it's too late. And then we start realizing, hey, I'm only working with half my brain. I'd like you to take a deep breath for a minute. Just take one deep breath for a minute and think about how you have been lately. Because it doesn't matter how old you are, you could be really young and still find that you cannot recall something, that your memory is slipping by. Do you stop to wonder what's going on inside your skull? Do you stop to wonder what is going on with your brain? Well, I'm lucky because I have spirit guides who constantly throughout my life have pointed out to me that I've not just been stressing my body, but I've been mostly stressing my brain. Just think about your brain for a minute. Do you realize just how active it is, how much it has to cope with every day of your life? It has to focus on everything that you see, assuming you have sight. It has to take in all the details. It has to allow you, through that vision, to decide if you think something is beautiful or ugly, whether you like the color or not, whether you have associations with what you're seeing, and whether those associations are good ones or bad ones. Now, that's just one simple task that your brain might be doing. But meanwhile, it's also listening, sounds, tones, resonations, vibrations. Most of us don't pay much attention to the things that we hear. Conversations are important, of course, and so, you know, we're going to listen as hard as we can, try and get in all the details. But what if someone else is talking behind us and it sounds like it's interrupting what we're listening to? Or maybe the air conditioner is blasting away, or a fan swirling around making loud noises. You try to push it away, rationalizing that, hey, I need that on, it's too hot in here. Or perhaps there's some music blaring out from your neighbor's radio or TV, and it's annoying you. Whatever sound you hear, however far away or however close, can be shocking. It can also be highly soothing, 
and relaxing. We don't think about what our brain is doing. When we're listening, it's busy, shuffling through all the sounds that you have ever heard throughout your life, trying to tell you, at this very given moment, what the sounds are saying to you. It's trying to remind you that you've heard a sound before and it upset you, or you've heard a note before and it made you squeal with delight. Yes, our voices are musical, and yes, we can all sing. Yet in spite of this, most people say, I can't sing, I can't carry a tune. Do you know why? Because you're not listening to your brain. You're not listening to the sounds that your brain is sorting out for you. Nor are you learning something new about how sounds can be copied, mimicked. By you, we see people who love to sing, copying their favorite stars, trying to sound just the same, making a cover that they then want to sell to you online, and you may buy it because it pleases you. But more importantly, what does that song mean to you when you hear the word? I'm lucky because my spirit guides know I love to sing, and they know I have many, many songs in my head. So every so often. I hear something. Right now, I've been hearing "God Bless America," not something I normally sing. However, something I do know. Our country, as I speak, is going through many changes. I'm not politically minded, but I do observe the changes, and I wonder how those changes are going to affect all of us emotionally, mentally, physically. Spiritually, relative to sounds and visions, things that we're looking at. You may notice that you've been watching television a lot. Are you focusing on the face of the person who's speaking, or are you focusing on their mouth? Are you looking at the background? Do you see the things behind the people who are doing something? Something might be there to entertain you. Something might be there to scare you. Something might be there to give you new information. Some things are there to confirm old ideas. Yet, as busy as our brain is, our conscious mind isn't paying attention. What a shame! You know, over the years, I've made a study of psychology and psychiatry, earned myself PhD, have done so many readings and counselings. Over thousands and thousands of people around the world throughout my life, and yet, in spite of all this work, I am still double-checking every thought, every sound, every idea, every creative aspect of my being, even down to how fit I am and what I'd like to do next, because I don't want to stop doing. What was? I don't want to complete the idea of finishing what was. Instead, what I want to do is expand what was into something greater, something better, something more enjoyable. If you feel 
that you would like to know more about your brain and why you think and act the way you do, I can download from your spirit guides all the information you need, and then I'll record it and send it to you online. And all you have to do is send me $100 via PayPal to Dr. Margaret RVC at gmail.com. But I began with a big statement, Alzheimer's. And so I'm taking you back now with this idea that I have just explained to you that your brain is very busy looking and listening. People who have Alzheimer's have spent their life trying to help so many people in the hope that they will be helped ultimately. Unfortunately, my research has shown that their wish to be helped is frequently, throughout many events in their lives, turned out to be that they instead are helping others and there is no one to help them. So there comes a time within their consciousness when their brain is overloaded with all the things they've done to help other people. So overloaded, in fact, that the brain is stressed. It can't handle so much pressure, so much information. Families expect mother or father to be an everlasting person with constant information, constant support, constant guidance in some way, a place to run home to when you need help. Well, it's not just home. It's also work. It's out there in the world. If mother or father is so busy trying to earn enough money, working with people they don't really like but have to listen to all day, or working in environments where there are terrible sounds booming around their head morning, noon and night. That noise is silently driving them inward, 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 so that they hear less and less until ultimately they become deaf. But are they really deaf? Or are they just pushing away all those sounds, pretending to themselves deep inside themselves that they are deaf when they really know what they're doing is trying to get a little bit of peace and quiet. You can notice people who are hard of hearing who are trying to get some peace and quiet. Why? Because you're talking quietly and then all of a sudden they make a remark. A remark they believe is important. Something like, shh. It's so simple. Leave me alone. Be quiet. Or, here's my answer. Go away and do something with my answer. Are they looking at you? Are they hearing you? Or are they just feeling you? You see, there's another part of your brain working. That part that uses sensory perception through your nervous system to feel not only your body, your discomfort, your stress, your pain, your fear, your anger, your guilt, 
but also to feel the energy of all the people who are in and out of your life. Their states of mind generate energy that can make you feel nervous. Their loud voices, they can send shivers down your spine, make you feel nervous, make you feel lonely and lost. Most people, when they're stressed, have sharp voices. When you're comfortable and at peace, a voice tends to be more resonant and calmer. If your family has been loud, aggressive, dominant, pushy, demanding, and you have been constantly trying to help them all, and you've noticed lately that you're not hearing so well, or that you're not seeing so well, or that you're forgetting a lot of things, then you're clearly telling yourself that you need to stop taking care of everyone else and take care of yourself. But how do you do that? Especially if you're going to start telling yourself, these are my loved ones, I can't let go, I can't stop helping them, even though my heart is breaking, my mind is breaking, my body is aching, I don't want to do anything anymore. You push on, still trying to be the fixer child, still trying to save the world. What's going to happen if you do forget, if you do get Alzheimer's? What's going to happen to your family? Well, the answer's easy. Finally, you're going to get all the attention you need, the love and support, the nurturing. But the problem is, if you're that bad by then, you won't remember who did what, or why they did it, or how they did it, or when they did it. And that can be hard for you, a person who's always cared about everyone else. So here am I today to tell you, begin caring about yourself. So what does caring about yourself mean? Well, of course, everyone talks about diet. We all want to be slim like we were when we were very young. Or maybe you've never been that slim. Maybe you've always been very big and tall, overweight maybe. Isn't it time you asked yourself why? Gave yourself permission to stop padding yourself out to protect yourself from all those people you have to take care of? Wouldn't it be better to just have time in your own company to think about the foods that you really like, not overeat, rather read a nice book, watch a program that you really enjoy that makes you laugh? Yes, laughter heals. Crying doesn't. Moaning and groaning only serves to help you become more stressed, more anxious, more worried, full of tension, and afraid to let go. Let's take a deep breath right now and think about letting go. As you listen to my voice, you know. And if you've been listening to the shows over and over the years, you know I always tell you the truth. So breathing in, Holding your breath gives oxygen to your brain. And your brain needs that oxygen along with sugar, glucose, and blood to keep it working. Have you ever thought 
about how you know what to do instantly in the blink of an eye. It's simple, really. In the middle of your brain is the core of the workings of your brain. The hippocampus, the amygdala, and more. I won't bother you with all the big words. If it doesn't get enough energy, if it doesn't get enough of the right foods running through your brain, if you're filling with plaque throughout your system, then know your brain is also filling up with garbage too. So a good cleanse goes a long way to helping your brain be free of plaque. A good sleep of eight hours goes a long way to giving your brain time to rest. And during that time, you dream. And dreaming is the way your brain recharges itself. So many people do not think how important it is to rest your brain. As we get older, we're rushing around doing all sorts of things. We know we're tired. We know we need a nap. But hey, it's not part of our routine. It's not part of the things that we do every day. So we don't take a nap. I remember when I was only 19 working for a television company that I used to have a quick 15-minute nap with my head on my typewriter. <laughs> That's how long ago that was. Nobody minded. I found out. Why? Because everyone else was having a quick nap, too. It was lunch hour. We had time in those days. Time to have that little nap. But today, with all the computers, with the phones, with everything that's constantly going around us, we don't have time. We run out of time. We lose time. We forget time. I've been using an alarm lately. I set it every half an hour and an hour to make me remember just to drink some water because I'm so busy working. I don't think about eating. I don't think about drinking. I don't even know I'm thirsty till it's too late. Water is the source of life. Our body is 70% water. So your brain needs a lot of water. So here am I admitting to you that I do not put enough water in my body. Therefore, my brain does forget. And when I forget, Yes, I'm frustrated, I've forgotten. But I also know that if I take some deep breaths and try not to remember, within seconds or so, I recall what I forgot. Another thing about the brain is it needs exercise. Have you done a jigsaw lately? Or a crossword puzzle? Or spot the difference? Have you written a book? Written an essay? Have you talked to a friend about strange and unusual things that delight and stimulate you? We need something challenging. Another thing I'd like to share with you is that every second in your brain there are cells dying, and while they're dying, you're growing a new cell. So over the years, you have developed so many new cells and lost so many old cells that you're not actually looking at your same brain or, for that matter, in seven years, no single cells that were the same seven years ago. So if you want to be healthy, wise, strong, powerful, 
you need to begin to realize how valuable your brain is. You need to take care of it. So many think it's the heart or the liver that's so vital that one must pay attention to, especially when diabetes starts and all these other illnesses start to happen. As we get older, we say to ourselves, well, I'm older, I expect not to see so well or not to hear so well. Why? Did you look at a model when you were young, granny, grandpa, and say, well, that's what happens when you get to be a certain age? I know that when my grandma was in her 70s, gray hair, little tights, little uh, tight curls on her head from a perm, looking around with a mask-like face as her PD took more and more control over her. And looking at my father, who was beginning to shake, the usual tremors. And then looking at my own hands and my own neck, shaking away at such an early age of 35. What was happening to me? I immediately sought help from my doctor, who just said, oh, take a tranquilizer. <laughs> Did it help? No. It did help me to die, and it did help me to overcome my history by having that event. And in the process of waking up, come to realize, hey, the way I think, the things I do are dated. They're old-fashioned. They're the way my grandmother was. They were the way my great-grandfather was, and so on, back through time. On one side, my life has been sorted for me in the DNA, and here I am manifesting the same illness as my ancestors on my father's side. I didn't want that. I wasn't going to have that. I was ready to fight to not have this. And at that point, I was saved by Master Chang, my spiritual guide, who came into my life and taught me about crystal acupuncture. Within three weeks of doing my fingertips with the techniques that he showed me, I had stopped shaking. Within another week, I had gone to a chiropractor and had my body realigned so that all my muscles were moved into a new position. Within another week, I was looking at my chakras. They were torn, they were shredded, they were unstable, and I was a mess. As this was going on, I was looking at my children who were very, very extrovert, very demanding. My life was a mess. I won't go into all the details, but it was a mess. And I knew in that moment that I couldn't save all these people. I couldn't make them see the things they were doing that were wrong. I couldn't make them do the right things. I could only become a living, walking example of myself healing. So I set to work. And in the process of working, with all the things that I needed to do, my training in psychology and psychiatry, I analyzed myself. And from analyzing, I allowed myself to meditate and release and let go. Yes, meditation is very important for the mind. It prevents you from deteriorating your brain. It allows you 
to stimulate new consciousness about yourself, to understand that you can do anything that you want to do without fear of failure, anxiety, worry, terror, stress, and so on and so forth. The ideas that we have in our conscious mind go round and round. We rationalize, we justify, we explain to ourselves why we do the things we do. And 90% of the time, I found out for me that I was lying to myself. Yes, my conscious mind was a liar and a cheat. And so, using my psychic senses, digging and delving into the way I thought, bit by bit, over the years, I transformed the way I believed, the things my parents told me, my grandparents told me, the history of my DNA. I like to say I cleaned it thoroughly of my ancestors. But of course, no. There's still subtle stuff that comes up from time to time. And yes, there's still issues in the world that we have to deal with. But ultimately, I learned that I could find peace, whether or not there was money, whether or not there was action, whether or not there were people understanding, listening, following me. It didn't matter whether I failed or not. It didn't matter whether I was successful or not. All that mattered was that I was omnipresent. That means oneness in the moment, fully aware, using all aspects of my brain to emotionally, mentally, physically, and spiritually appreciate how wonderfully, supremely great the human brain is. Well, much of the things that I knew were years ago, and today science has finally caught up with what I say. If you are interested in these things, then I suggest you read my book, The Rejection Syndrome, where you will learn a lot about your brain and also the coding that your spirit has brought into this world to make sure that you use your brain productively, and from there that you use your body in the right way keeping it healthy, strong, and active. And if you enjoy that book, then I also suggest to you that you might like to have a look at my other nine books, especially the meditation book. I will be teaching meditation at my center and later will also be doing webinars where I will include meditation to help you. So, if you'd like to get some more information about the things that I'm going to share with you in the future, simply write to me, drmargaretrvc at gmail.com, and I will send you a link that you can go to to sign up for my newsletter and for news on upcoming events where I will be teaching you how to take care of your brain so that you don't end up with illnesses such as Alzheimer's, 
Parkinson's disease, MS, muscular dystrophy, mental issues of paranoia, schizophrenia, and so on. Yes, you can prevent yourself from being ill. Thank you once again for listening to me, and I sincerely hope that you will keep in touch with me and always, in some way, help yourself heal. Goodbye for now.